Happy Nurses Week to all the nurses and future nurses listening. To celebrate, I'm having a 20% off sale on Study Sesh. This is my private podcast that features over 140 episodes to help you study on the go. Formats include pod quizzes, power hour deep dives, drills, and case studies. If you're tired of sitting at your desk or staring at a screen, but still want to review for nursing school, it's time to check out Study Sesh. Go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in that top menu bar. That's straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in the menu bar. See you there. Today, I'm really excited about this one. And just a quick reminder, you might be listening to this on the Straight A Nursing Student website, but did you know that you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher? So if that's more convenient for you, check it out. So for today's pod quiz, we are playing a little game. And I apologize for the dinging. That was someone texting me back. Let me see if I can close that. Okay, we're going to play a little game called Name That Disease. And this is a flashcard set, basically, that I put together when I was studying for my final ATI exam because I felt like a lot of the questions would give little clues about a disease process and maybe I wouldn't have to answer what the disease was. I needed to know what it was in order to choose the correct nursing intervention, which is usually how those questions work. So without further ado, I'm going to name off for each question some signs and symptoms and then you try to guess what disease it is. And again, this was off my ATI testing, so it might be slightly different. I hope not, I wouldn't think so, but you never know. So maybe slightly different if you take HESI or some other um, exit exam. But I think for the most part, I mean, signs and symptoms are signs and symptoms, right? They're universal. Okay, so here we go. The first one. Mucosal edema, bronchoconstriction, and excessive secretion production. If that sounded like asthma to you, you are right. Next, this one has a lot, so listen up. Chronic dyspnea, chronic cough, hypoxemia, hypercarbia, respiratory acidosis, crackles, rapid and shallow respirations, use of accessory muscles, barrel chest, hyperresonance on percussion, asynchronous breathing, thin extremities, enlarged neck muscles, pallor, and cyanosis of nail beds. Whew, what does that sound like? How about COPD? 
Let's do another one. Fever, dyspnea, tachypnea, pleuritic chest pain, sputum, crackles, wheezes, dull chest percussion, and a low O2 saturation. That is pneumonia. Good job. Persistent cough, purulent sputum that may be bloody, fatigue, lethargy, weight loss, anorexia, night sweats, fever. If you thought that sounded like TB, tuberculosis, you are correct. Persistent or recurrent hoarseness or sore throat. Mouth sores or lesions that fail to heal. A lump in the throat, mouth or neck. Dysphagia. Unilateral ear pain. Weight loss. Anorexia. Sounds like the classic symptoms for laryngeal cancer. Very good. Okay, next one up. Persistent cough could or maybe not have rusty or blood-tinged sputum, dyspnea, unilateral wheezing, possibly, chest wall pain, muffled heart sounds, fatigue, weight loss, anorexia. How about lung cancer? Anyone say lung cancer? Very good. Okay, here's another one. Dyspnea, air hunger, pleurisy, tachycardia, hypotension, tachypnea, anxiety, apprehension, crackles, cough, S3 and S4 heart sounds, diaphoresis, decreased O2 sat, petechia, cyanosis, pleural effusion, and I'm going to add one more that seems like it's always on there, impending feeling of doom. If you thought that sounded like a pulmonary embolism, you are a winner. Okay, next dyspnea, hypoxia, hypercarbia, hypoxemia, infiltrates on chest x-ray, decreased O2 sats, adventitious breath sounds, orthopnea, and elevated white count. Okay, here you're looking at things like acute respiratory failure or acute respiratory distress syndrome, ARDS. Okay, here's another one. Pleuritic pain, signs of respiratory distress, reduced or absent breath sounds, asymmetrical chest wall movement, anxiety, hyperresonance, and sub-Q emphysema. How about pneumothorax? And here's another. Pleuritic pain, signs of respiratory distress, reduced or absent breath sounds, 
asymmetrical chest wall movement, anxiety, and this is the difference between the one we just talked about, tracheal deviation. If you said tension, pneumothorax, pat yourself on the back. How about sudden decrease in chest tube drainage following a period of very heavy or moderately heavy drainage? JVD with clear lung sounds equal PAWP and CVP values. I would also add to this muffled heart sounds. How about some cardiac tamponade? Pallor, fatigue, irritability, numbness and tingling of extremities, dyspnea, impaired skin healing, brittle spoon-shaped nails, and a smooth, sore, bright red tongue. Apparently, those are signs of anemia. I would also add possible low O2 sat to that if the anemia is pronounced. You could also even have very pale, well, I said pallor, so I guess that counts, but you could even have a little bit of that central cyanosis. Okay, here's another one. Bone pain, joint swelling, enlarged liver and spleen, weight loss, fever, poor wound healing, signs of anemia, and signs of bleeding. Acute leukemia. Enlarged lymph nodes in the neck, fever, fatigue, and infections. We're looking at Hodgkin's lymphoma. How about this? A gnawing, constant abdominal flank or back pain, pulsating abdominal mass, brewy, and an elevated blood pressure. And that brewy is auscultated. <laughs> Excuse me. That brewy is evident in the abdominal area. That would be a triple A. How about sudden onset of a tearing abdominal or back pain, hypovolemic shock with diaphoresis, nausea and vomiting, faintness, apprehension, decreased or absent peripheral pulses, neurological deficits, hypotension, and tachycardia. That would be signs of a AAA rupture. Loss of hair on the lower leg, thick toenails, dependent rubor, rubor, muscle atrophy, cold extremity, and increased capillary refill at the toes.
Does that sound like peripheral arterial disease to you? Sure does to me. Very good. How about calf or groin pain? Sudden swelling of the leg with warmth and edema. That sounds like a DVT to me. How about this one? Brown discoloration along the ankles and extending up the calf, edema and ulcer formation. That sounds like venous insufficiency. Excellent. Dyspnea, orthopnea, nocturnal dyspnea, fatigue, displaced apical pulse, S3 heart sound, pulmonary congestion, sputum, normal or elevated CVP, elevated PAP, elevated PAWP, and decreased cardiac output. We're looking at left-sided heart failure. How about fatigue, weakness, heart failure, dysrhythmias, S3 heart sound, and cardiomegaly? Cardiomyopathy fits that description. JVD, ascending dependent edema, abdominal distension, fatigue, weakness, nausea, anorexia, nocturnal polyuria, liver enlargement, weight gain, and elevated CVP. Those are some signs of right-sided heart failure. How about palpitations, hemoptysis, hoarseness, dysphagia, JVD, orthopnea, a cough, a diastolic murmur? What's that sound like it could possibly be? Those are some signs of mitral stenosis. How about proximal nocturnal dyspnea, orthopnea, palpitations, S3 and or S4 heart sounds, crackles, systolic murmur, and possibly some atrial fibrillation. That sounds like mitral insufficiency. Angina, syncope, decreased systemic vascular resistance, S3 and maybe an S4, systolic murmur, and narrowed pulse pressure. Those are some signs of aortic stenosis. How about atrial dysrhythmias, a diastolic murmur with decreased cardiac output? 
try tricuspid stenosis. How about cyanosis with a systolic murmur? Pulmonic stenosis. Very good. Okay, here we go. Here's another one with quite a few. Persistent cough with pink frothy sputum. Orthopnea, tachypnea, dyspnea. Restlessness, hypoxemia, crackles, tachycardia, S3 heart sound, increased pulmonary artery occlusion pressure. That looks like acute pulmonary edema. I would also add to that a dropping O2 saturation level. Okay, this one has a bunch. Fever, tachycardia, tachypnea, hypertension, chills, costovertebral tenderness, flank and back pain, a colicky type abdominal pain, nausea and vomiting, malaise, burning urgency frequency with urination, nocturia, inability to concentrate urine or conserve sodium, and asymptomatic bacteremia. Does that sound like pyelonephritis? I think it sounds like pyelonephritis. How about this one? Severe flank pain, nausea, vomiting, pallor, diaphoresis, hematuria. Sounds like that could be urolithiasis. I probably butchered that pronunciation. Urolithiasis. Pronounce it however you want. Here's another one. Decreased urine output, proteinuria, coffee-colored urine, shortness of breath, orthopnea, periorbital edema, and mild to severe hypertension. Glomerulonephritis. Talk about another word that's really hard to say. Here's another. Proteinuria, hematuria, edema, irritability, malaise, hypertension, anemia, anorexia, nausea, uremia. That's nephrotic syndrome. Okay, here's another. Weakness and fatigue, cold intolerance, constipation, weight gain, depression, joint or muscle pain, thin and brittle fingernails, thin and brittle hair, paleness. Those are early signs of hypothyroidism. How about irritability, exercise intolerance, heat intolerance, weight loss, increased appetite, insomnia, diarrhea, decreased libido, velvety smooth skin, tremor, exophthalmos, hair loss, and goiter.
excellent. That is hyperthyroidism. Okay, let's see. Moving on. How about slow speech, dry and flaky skin, thickening of the skin, puffy face, hands, or feet, decreased taste and smell, thinning eyebrows, hoarseness, and abnormal menstrual periods. Those are going to be your late signs of hypothyroidism. How about this? Hyperthermia, hypertension, delirium, vomiting, abdominal pain, and tachydysrhythmias. Those are classic signs of thyroid storm. Headache, weakness, anorexia, muscle cramps, weight gain leading to personality changes, hostility, oliguria, nausea, vomiting, decreased serum sodium, and increased urine osmolarity. That is S-I-A-D-H. Decreased inflammatory response, hypertension, moon face, buffalo hump, skinny arms and legs, emotional lability, impaired glucose tolerance, hirsutism, and muscle wasting. That is Cushing's disease. How about hyperpigmentation, weakness, fatigue, nausea, vomiting, dehydration, hyponatremia, hyperkalemia, hypoglycemia. That is Addison's disease. How about pain in chest or abdomen, nausea, vomiting, hypertension, headache, palpitations, diaphoresis, heat intolerance, tremor, and apprehension. Those sound like really vague symptoms, but apparently they're signs of pheochromocytoma. How about a serum glucose greater than 300, ketones present, serum osmol elevated? That is diabetic ketoacidosis, DKA. How about serum glucose greater than 600, ketones absent, serum osmol very high? That's HHNS or HHNK. It kind of has a few different little acronyms that go with it. Okay, here's another one. Dyspepsia, regurgitation, hypersalivation, atypical chest pain, and flatulence. That's lovely. Those are some signs of GERD. How about bloody emesis, melena, which is blood 
in the stool, that black tarry stool, hypotension, and tachycardia. I would add to this for context, history of liver disease possibly, or alcoholism. And you're looking at esophageal varices. Okay, how about vertigo, syncope, pallor, diaphoresis, tachycardia, palpitations, being the early signs of this disorder. And then for the late signs, abdominal distension and cramping, nausea, dizziness, diaphoresis, confusion, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation for borgamy. That is dumping syndrome. Okay, let's say your patient has no stool or gas for more than eight hours, despite feeling like they need to go. Abdominal distension, high-pitched bowel sounds in some areas, and hypoactive in others. That could be a small bowel and large intestine obstruction. Okay, here's another one. Spasmodic and colicky pain, visible peristaltic waves, sudden vomiting with a fecal odor, but the vomiting makes their pain better. And that is a small bowel obstruction. And how about diffuse and constant pain with significant abdominal distension, infrequent vomiting, maybe some diarrhea. There we're looking at a large intestine obstruction. How about this one? Mild or cramping, epigastric or periumbilical pain that leads to intense right lower quadrant pain, nausea, vomiting, anorexia, rebound tenderness over McBurney's point, um, rigid muscle like in the abdomen, and normal to low grade fever. Very good, that is appendicitis. How about a board-like abdomen, acutely ill appearance, fever of 101 or higher, decreased urine output, and septicemia? That's gonna be peritonitis, and if your patient earlier had appendicitis, you'd be very suspicious that the peritonitis was due to their perfed appendix. Bloody diarrhea with mucus and cramping and abdominal pain. That is ulcerative colitis. How about non-bloody diarrhea, crampy abdominal pain, insidious onset of weight loss, fatigue, and low-grade fever? For that one, we're looking at Crohn's disease. 
Okay, how about fatigue, bloody stool, and a change in bowel habits? Those are vague symptoms, but those are some signs of colorectal cancer. Sharp pain in the right upper quadrant that may radiate to the right shoulder. Pain with deep inspiration. Intense pain after high-fat foods. Rebound tenderness, nausea, vomiting, anorexia, dyspepsia, fever. We're looking at cholecystitis there, folks. Little gallbladder problem. Okay, this one has a lot of symptoms. Sudden onset of severe pain. Typically, it's epigastric pain radiating to the back, left flank, or left shoulder. Pain is worse when lying down or eating. Pain not relieved by vomiting. Some relief if they assume a fetal position. There's nausea and vomiting weight loss. Um, you may have Turner sign and Cullen sign. Generalized jaundice could be present. You could have paralytic ileus with this and some hyperglycemia. That sounds like pancreatitis. Okay, how about this? Flu-like symptoms. Right upper quadrant abdominal pain. Hepatomegaly. Light colored stools, dark urine, jaundice, elevated bilirubin and liver enzymes. I have in my notes hepatitis B. I'm wondering if those could also be symptoms of other types of hepatitis or just liver failure in general. Just know. That's a liver problem. Okay, so we have, well, maybe this will answer our question. Fatigue, weight loss, abdominal pain. Pruritus, GI bleeding, ascites, jaundice, palmar erythema, asterixis. So I have this one down as cirrhosis, but really those are symptoms of just any straight up liver failure. Stooped posture and a shuffling gait, tremor, muscle rigidity, and dementia. That's some Parkinson's disease. Severe headache upon waking, visual changes and seizures, paralysis, change in mentation, change in personality, and optic disc swelling. How about a supratentorial brain tumor? Hearing loss, nystagmus, ANS dysfunction, and ataxia. By ANS, I mean autonomic nervous system. That's going to be your infratentorial brain tumor. How about progressive muscle weakness? Poor posture, drooping eyelids, dysphagia, diplopia, respiratory compromise, bowel and bladder dysfunction, and fatigue. We're looking now at myasthenia gravis. 
acute progressing muscle weakness to muscle flaccidity without atrophy, decreased or absent tendon reflexes, respiratory compromise, paresthesias, dysphagia, diplopia, dysarthria, fluctuating blood pressure and dysrhythmias. That is Guillain-Barre syndrome, and I would say the classic symptom is going to be that progressing muscle weakness that typically starts at the feet and works its way up. How about muscle weakness, muscle spasticity, fatigue, paresthesia, UTOP sign, tinnitus, vertigo, memory loss, and ataxia? Those are some signs of multiple sclerosis. How about muscle weakness of the hands and arms, fatigue, dysphagia, dysarthria? Those things look like ALS, and as the disease progresses, you get severe respiratory compromise. Excruciating, unrelenting headache, Nuchal rigidity, fever and chills, nausea, vomiting, altered LOC, photophobia, tachycardia, seizures, Koenig sign, Brudzinski sign. If you said meningitis, you've been paying attention in class. Very good. How about bright flashes of light? floating dark spots, loss of vision, and a sensation that a curtain is drawing over the visual field. That is a retinal detachment. How about decreased visual acuity, glare and light sensitivity, blurred vision, visible opacity, absent red reflex, and diplopia? Those are cataracts. Very good. How about loss of peripheral vision, decreased accommodation, and an elevated intraocular pressure? That is open angle glaucoma. Rapid onset of elevated intraocular pressure, decreased or blurred vision, severe pain, halos around lights, photophobia, and pupils non-reactive to light. That is angle closure glaucoma. Excellent. How about some nausea, vomiting, nystagmus, falling, hearing loss, and tinnitus? That sounds like vertigo to me. Joint pain and stiffness that resolve with rest. Rest. Crepitus in the joints. Heberdeen's nodes are enlarged. And Bouchard's nodes are present. That is osteoarthritis. How about chills, fever, anorexia, nausea, weight loss, 
lymphadenopathy. I, I, how do the people pronounce these? Lymphadenopathy, weakness, headache, night sweats, and skin lesions. That's going to be HIV slash AIDS. How about pain at rest and with movement, morning stiffness, joint swelling, joint deformity, anorexia, weight loss, fever, fatigue, and muscle atrophy. That is rheumatoid arthritis. How about this one? Fatigue, malaise, fever, butterfly rash on the face, alopecia, anemia, weight loss. Here's that word again lymphadenopathy, joint pain, and Raynaud's phenomenon. That is SLE, or basically lupus, systemic lupus. Vescular unilateral rash. The rash is erythematous. It's vesicular, postular, or crusting. It usually resolves in 14 to 21 days. There's some paresthesia, pain, and low-grade fever. That is herpes zoster slash shingles. How about urinary frequency, nocturia, urinary hesitancy, dribbling after voiding, bladder distension, and being a male. That's kind of the giveaway. It's BPH, benign prosthetic hypertrophy, big prostate. Okay, how about urinary frequency, urinary urgency, stress incontinence, frequent UTIs, and a sense of vaginal fullness? Hmm. That is cystocele. I just learned how to pronounce that word all these years. I've been saying it in my mind as cystocele. It's cystocele, C-Y-S-T-O-C-E-L-E. -E. Um, the next one is constipation, hemorrhoids, sensation of a mass in the vagina, pelvic pressure or pain, and difficulty with intercourse. And that one is rectocele. So once I learned how to say cystocele, learning how to say rectocele was a piece of cake. Okay, that is it. You did amazing. That was about 80, maybe 84, 85 questions on which disease is it. So you did great. That was really fun for me too. I actually learned a lot. And looking back, I'm really proud of myself that at one time I knew all this. And that is why students are so awesome, because you really do know an awful lot. So give yourself a hand, pat yourself on the back, and have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of straightanursingstudent.com, copyright Mo Media.